Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What if we told you about a major breakthrough on awesome savings on all-inclusive beach vacays? OMG, this could break the case. Case? I'm talking about CheapCaribbean.com. It's full of hot savings. At CheapCaribbean.com, score an extra $175 off site-wide on vacations of four nights or more now through June 3rd. Swim up bar in Punta Cana or dip your toes in the sand on the shores of Cancun. We gotta take this show on the road. Start at CheapCaribbean.com. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Saren, you know it's ridiculous. Elizabeth, I do. Did you know that Tsarist Russia was on a totally different calendar than the rest of the world? They were still on the old Julian calendar. Interesting, I thought, because of Tsar being Caesar. So they're like, yeah, give it up on that calendar. And then they had a little problem because in the 1908 Olympics, they showed up 12 days late. (laughs) They're like, oops. So then luckily the communist revolution came along about 10, 11 years later. And then boom, the Bolsheviks were like, yo, come on, man. They got them right back on the Gregorian, not right back, added them to the Gregorian calendar and they became the modern state of the Soviet Union. That's beautiful. Right? Yeah. And it's a little bit ridiculous to show up late. But 12 days late? Yeah, it's (laughs) a little bit. I just love that. (laughs) That's not fashionably late. Yeah. Yeah, no. So they were just completely in their own world, 12 days behind the rest of the world. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. I might do that. I, I, I was totally I'm gonna jealous. Go, I'm going to go back to the Julian calendar. Yeah. I was like, how can I be 12 days late on the rest of the world? Easy. Just do it. Yeah. I'm already like, what, nine days late? Well, so <laughs> so that's, that's ridiculous. Thank you. Uh, something else that's ridiculous is going from importing knickknacks and crafting supplies mm-hmm. to smuggling ill-gotten Mesopotamian artifacts. <laughs> you said Mesopotamian artifacts? Sure did. I'm going to need some explanation of that. I got it for you. This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It is 
always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. So, Zarin, what are your hobbies? Like, give me your top five hobbies. Top five hobbies. Um, well, I've got that feud with gravity. That's one. Um, the fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Uh, mountain biking. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Probably coming up with names for Canadians. <laughs> and lastly, theoretical physics. And you're not you're not joking when you say that. No, no, those are all real. Even my nicknames for Canadians. That is true. <laughs> so, those are good, uh, good hobbies. Thank you. I like to keep busy. So the physics thing. Yeah. Like where? What do you do? Uh, <laughs> what do I do? I read a lot of stuff online. I watch a lot of videos for like the MIT. Like I'm, right now, I'm watching the whole theoretical physics uh, class on MIT's like open uh, course catalog. So like I'm like on lecture eleven of the of the semester. So then I just basically go to MIT online and watch their stuff. And then I go and I do the math and I figure out the Lagrangian, uh, you know, and I, yeah, I figure out the Hamiltonians. I do all the stuff that they're doing and then. I I just have to like occasionally check in uh, online about how to do it. So it's a lot of me basically checking math against me watching videos. So yeah. And computations. Lots of computations and lots of little drawings because I do math uh, through drawings because of like pi being, you know, part of a circle. So I use lots of circles to do the math. I do math by just not doing it. Ah, that's another good way. It's the faster, Mm -hmm. more efficient way. Mathematicians would appreciate that. I failed calculus twice in college. I never took it. I've taught myself all the calculus. I'm now up up to like linear geometry. Wow. Well, whatever. That's wow worthy. (laughs) No, it's not. It's just books. My hobbies are kind of lame compared to, you know, insulting Canadians and (laughs) computations. Who said insulting? Some of them are honorifics. You don't know that they're insults. Do you call? I like Canadians. I'm a big fan of the Great White North. Do you call double denim the Canadian tuxedo? Yes, I do. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Better than the Tennessee tuxedo. I I don't think they've earned that right. Oh, that, that that's would another be double nickname. Denim? Yeah, a lot of the double denim they have like the alliteration of Tennessee tuxedo sure. carries through, so you'll hear people use that. Hmm. Good to know. I'm gonna add that to my repertoire. Or Alberta formal wear. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I told you I love preemptively Canada. <laughs> apologize to Canadians. Well, Canada feels my love. Well, so let's go back to hobbies. All right. Yes. So, what are your hobbies, by the way? I like to garden. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I like baking. Uh huh. I used to make soap and bath bombs. Oh, word. Yeah, like lye, soap, uh-huh. and all that. Um, I've just gotten into paint by numbers. Okay. <laughs> How are you liking that? Um, my eyes don't like it. Oh, because it's of... so tiny. Yeah. Um, but to... I'm, I'm into it. When it says paint by numbers, is it literally numbers? Yeah, it's literally numbers. Word. But they're very small. Yeah, do you have to get the magnifying glass out? Oh, that's a 17. Yeah, and then I squint. <laughs> and then my head hurts. Um, <laughs> great hobby. I also like felting. What is felting? I don't know that one. It's where you use felt to make <laughs> Oh, you use a layer of felt. Felting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, okay. it's, I yeah it was you get else. like a big like puff of felt. Mm-hmm. And then you get these insanely sharp needles that some of us poke ourselves with. Oh, yes. I would be ac- in that group. By accident. On accident. Um, accidentally. There you go. But uh, yeah, you can combine it with soap making and make like felt coverings for soaps. Oh, little scrubber. Look at you. You're over really, like doing like a whole little industry while I'm just oh, making totally. a mess of paper and pen. Completely. Yeah. It's like side hustles that don't go anywhere. <laughs> Although I made a cat out of felt for my nephew. Oh, that's cool. So that his little firefighter toys could rescue the cat in the tree. 
But nice. he always says the cat's on fire. <laughs> Does so, he save the cat by putting the fire out? Sure, but I got to felt some fire on the cat now. <laughs> got to make it accurate. I like your commitment to the bit, though. So, like, well, you have these hobbies that are um, really high level. Uh, the rest of us who have hobbies mm-hmm. got to find, like, a supply store for those. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah, you, totally. You, yeah. Like Michael's, yeah. Completely. And so, like... My supplies, I get them like at, you know, craft stores. Um, Michael's is the big dog of arts and craft stores. I was just there. I I was really hard not to spend like hundreds of dollars. And I'm not even a craft person. Like, but I like the stuff. I like to do Mm -hmm. stuff. And you walk in. I can't imagine if you actually are a craft person, how you walk out of there with any of your paychecks. Some good stuff up in there. It's ridiculous. So the other big national chain, Uh Hobby Lobby. Yes, I've heard of this one. I haven't actually been to that one, though. I've not seen any in, I know they're all over the country. Yeah, I've I saw seen them a them. lot in the South. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, when traveling, I see them. Yeah. And so Michael's has like 1,200 locations. Oh, damn. Like I said, they're the big dog. Damn, I forget how much people, they love crafting and you mm-hmm. got to supply that. So you're not going to get everything online even mm-hmm. because you want to see them, like see the materials. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. Hobby Lobby's got 900 stores. Okay. So, so you know, it's good. They're the medium dog. And so, you know, you may have heard of Hobby Lobby, aside from, like, even if you've never been inside one, because they kind of court controversy. Yeah, some Christian stuff, if I remember. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't didn't want to give um, access to birth control to their employees um, after it was mandated by the Affordable Care Act. Just like Christ wouldn't. Sure. <laughs> and then um, they also, like, they sell, aside from, like, crafts and stuff, there's a lot of, like, home decor things mm-hmm. at Hobby Lobby. The candlesticks and stuff like that? Yeah, candlesticks and, like, bejeweled picture frames. Ah, yeah. You know. I wonder where those were sold. And then holiday decorations. Oh, of course, yes. You know, your your goose that you put at the front steps that you dress in mm-hmm. different seasonal costumes. Oh, yeah, there's like soft, sandy little geese. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. I kind of want to get one. <laughs> the and bags then, of uh, pine cones, scented pine cones. Totally. Scented pine those. cones are like, have you ever seen the Christmas brooms that smell like yes, cinnamon and totally. give you a Old migraine? School. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is that just me? I think that would just be you. <laughs> So, uh, they sell they sell all these like holiday decorations. But in 2013, mm-hmm. a shopper was like, um, "I'm looking for some stuff for Hanukkah. Where can I find yeah, that? Where can I get a dreidel?" And the person in the store said, "Yeah, we don't care. This is a quote. We don't cater to you people." Damn. Yeah. So in 2013. 2013. To someone who's Jewish, they say we don't cater to you people. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Bad move. Um, they also have trans bathroom issues. Oh, I, yeah. I but only like, imagine if they're saying you people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you know, no birth control. They don't really care about bodies. Um, yeah. But what's interesting is that it came up because there was an employee of Hobby Lobby who'd mm-hmm. worked there for 22 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, they transitioned and they were refused access to the women's bathroom. Wow. So, yeah, like it's this loyal employee, 22 years. That's nuts. Trying to like make sure that all the displays are in order and, you know, taking your migraine medicine so that the cinnamon scented brooms don't send you over the edge. <laughs> but also that manager had or most likely worked with them for, I presume, a few years. So they they suddenly decide like, oh, now I'm going to be more of a 
the pain in your yeah. I don't know. That was just there's a, there's a certain cruelty to that yeah, that really and, hurt me to read. Yeah, that's, that's um, and you know they do like a lot of the whole anti LGBTQ. Oh, of course. Funding. Oh yeah, they got a um, whole quiver of hate. They wouldn't close at the start of the COVID nineteen pandemic. Because they said they were an essential service. <laughs> now, as someone who loves to craft and, you know, during the the yeah, lockdown, it, mm-hmm. you have to find stuff to do. But yeah. like, is it really essential? Yeah. And, I, and again, I go back to the employees. That's a little bit dangerous for them. Good point. So um, lots of bad action coming out of Hobby Lobby, right? Yeah, you can see why they're number two. But here's the ridiculous thing I want to talk about antiquities Mm. specifically a case that's called united states of america versus approximately 450 ancient cuneiform tablets and approximately 3,000 ancient clay bully (laughs) now i'm not talking about bullies the brute you know i want to know what kind of lawyer approximately 450 ancient (laughs) cuneiform tablets can afford are they getting good representation Is that pro bono? Yeah, What's going well, it's on like against the U.S. What happens yeah. is they get it's a it was a civil case, but if we pretend it's a criminal charge, like <laughs> do you put them in a giant cell? Do they have to split up? Bail bondsman's like, I'm not getting anything for this. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not writing the paper on y'all. Yeah, this is. But when I say bully, mm-hmm. ancient clay bully, I'm not talking about brutes. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about bully the type of liquid filled blister that or, some yeah. people can get. I'm talking mm-hmm. about or the Teddy Roosevelt exclamation, bully, bully. Yeah, bully that. Yeah. No, you know what I'm talking? No. I'm talking the seals on ancient documents. Oh, of course. Yeah. I don't know why you know. I didn't say that. That was right on the Hello. tip of my tongue. <laughs> All right. So I want to take you back to 1200 BCE. Okay. Babylon. No, 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 not the oppressive, corrupt, racial, colonial world referred to in reggae. No down pressers for Ross Trent here, people. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, the Ross Trent, that caught Well, you know, at Jock Holdstone Creamery. Yeah, now I got the song pumping in my head. That's the problem with Ross Trent. If you listen to the song, you are cursed with like at least two weeks of the mm-hmm. song running through your head. Are you there, Joe? It's me, Ross. Mm-hmm. Just booming in my between my now ears. You've, now we've done it. Yeah. Now we're both going to be we okay. spread the gift. No, what I'm talking <laughs> about is Babylon, the ancient megacity located just south of present Baghdad, Iraq. Oh. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Babylon. The OG Babylon. Yeah. Give it up. So I want you to imagine this. Use your creative mind, your mathematical, beautiful mind, and imagine this. So there's this priest mm-hmm. slash wise man, mm-hmm. and his name is Sinliki Anuni. Mm. And uh, he's staring out. His name means moon god, by the way. That's a really dope name. Right? He's staring out at the Euphrates River from this window. He's in a large mud brick building say okay it's resplendent with i don't know what decorate with torches it's with the wooden brooms that smell like (laughs) (laughs) and so he's seeing like boats carrying passengers and goods and carrying fish (laughs) fresh cut fish and sin as we'll call him Mm -hmm. he looks down at some tablets at his feet 
And he sees the boxy scrawl of cuneiform texts lining the tablets. Okay. It's a busy-looking piece of clay down there. He's just finished compiling the Epic of Gilgamesh. Oh, snap! And that is known as one of... That's a big box. It's like the oldest, if not one of the oldest known literary work Mm -hmm. right now. Um, And it's the second oldest religious text around. It's second only to the ancient Egyptian funerary texts. Wow, so it's older than the the Tibetan Book of the Dead and those? Yep, and it is older than dirt. (laughs) (laughs) So what he's done, like he, the Gilgamesh story had been around for centuries and he's kind of remixed it and his version. Oh, he's not the original writer of it. No, He's just doing a remix. Right. And see, Gilgamesh is a fictional character in the epic, but he's based on a real king. And Mm -hmm. anyway, so he's kind of taken it. This version that I'm talking about is the one that most modern-day translations are based upon. It's the most complete version that we have. That's cool. So one of those tablets at his feet contains the section um, in the epic in which Gilgamesh tells his mom about a dream that he had. Hmm. Cool, right? Yeah, I'm into that. (laughs) Dude tells his mom about his dream. So he's the, you know, he's this king. He is a demigod. He's, like, wicked strong. Okay. And uh, he's also this total jerk. Like, he's hella cruel to everybody. He just mm-hmm. does terrible things. And um, really disrespects his people, uh, whatever. But on this tablet, the part of it, um, Gilgamesh has these wild dreams. And he asks his mom what they mean. Uh, one of his dreams is about a meteor. Hmm. And she's like, oh, you know what that means? Is you're going to have a new friend. (laughs) I'd leave it to a mother. Mm -hmm. You're going to get another little friend for you. Honey, they're just jealous of how (laughs) funny and cool you are. So yeah, you're going to get a new friend, a meteor friend. He's going to be as strong as a sky rock. Um, And so, and you guys are, you guys are going to bro down. (laughs) She's just like, it's going to be okay. So at the same time, he's hearing about this, this guy, Enkidu. Enkidu. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who's a beast man. He's covered in hair, ready to party. Okay. Living in the woods. Sounds like a friend of mine. Go on. Gilgamesh is like, I gotta fight this guy. <laughs> Enkidu's like, I gotta, I, I gotta why, fight another guy. Dude's in the woods partying in his fur. If you're a big burly guy and you hear about another big burly oh, guy, good I'm gonna point. Good take point. that guy. I'm gonna just really tune this gentleman up. Yep. I wasn't thinking about that. And the beast man... He hears about this unruly king. He's like, I gotta go. I gotta go smack some sense into that fella. I gotta fight him. So they want to fight. <laughs> Beastmen, scary, unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Gilgamesh, scary, unpredictable. But so he hears about this beast man, and Gilgamesh is like, I know what I gotta do. I gotta send a sacred prostitute out there, <laughs> as one does. I mean, I sure. can't tell you how many times I've been like in a really heated beef, and I'm like. <sighs> If That's I could only my, afford a sacred prostitute, this would be over. That is my go-to problem solver. And so he he gets Shamhat. <laughs> I bet he did. And <laughs> that's her name. Oh. That's <laughs> <laughs> her name. He's like, you, Shamhat, go out in the woods and bed down with Enkidu and mellow him out a little. Domesticate him. Mm. He's a bit feral. Yeah. She's like, aye, aye. Runs out there, you know, they sleep together. And then after that, the animals that he's been palling around with are like, ew, uh, 
I want nothing to do with you. <laughs> they're like, oh, you got the human you, on you? They yeah, you've, the, you've been bedding down. You don't smell human. feral anymore. Yeah, they're like, You're, you can't sit with us. <laughs> and now he's a human. Now he's a human. So Enkidu goes back, fights Gilgamesh, but then they become best friends afterwards. And it turns out Enkidu was the meteor buddy all along. His mother was right. Mm-hmm. Always listen to your mom. Exactly. So that one tablet... The one with the dreams and the Mm -hmm. hairy guy doing it in the woods (laughs) (laughs) with a a sex worker who's there on official church business. (laughs) That tablet's got a long, wild ride ahead of it. Millennia go by. Okay. The dream tablet sits in, it's called the Gilgamesh dream tablet. Okay. Okay. Sits in temples, it's in storage somewhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Old ancient porn palaces. Yes, exactly. 1853, it's discovered in these Assyrian ruins in northern Iraq. And after that, it goes to, like, universities and then museums. 1991 comes around. And it gets snatched from a museum in Iraq. Uh-huh. Because there's a little war well, Exactly. On. I caught that one. Yeah, right? In 2003, it shows up again in London. So Ooh. I don't know what it was hmm. doing in between. Yeah. Hopefully no one was using it as, like, a coaster. <laughs> During its and- wandering college years. <laughs> This antiques dealer buys it from a coin dealer. Okay. Those people are always shady. Yeah. And sends it to the United States, but doesn't declare it on a formal entry form. Hmm. He's just all, here's a brick, sends it. Um, This cuneiform expert in the U.S. realizes that it's from Gilgamesh. So, wait, I don't understand how the cuneiform expert comes in. So, did the antiques dealer he goes to get it like certified yeah he he, he buys it from the coin dealer he's he like sends is this it, real he's like let me send it home and i'll figure out there's, there's got to be some value it looks I old gotcha. he's like how much is this worth bob <laughs> much. and then they take it he's like this looks like cuneiform what is this is it like a receipt tablet you know what are we talking oh okay. it's gilgamesh so the dealer he hangs on to it for like four more years and then he sells the tablet to someone else but he gives a fake letter of provenance oh and he says that it had been in a box with these old bronze fragments that he bought in 1981. And hmm. so the tablet gets sold again so is and that bounced to around. the coin dealer? Yeah, he probably doesn't want anyone mm-hmm. to know that he's Tell been dealing with coin with Coiny McGee. <laughs> and so in 2014 now, mm-hmm. the Dream tablet is sold for almost $1.7 million. Whoa. Yeah, it's a big come up for the tablet. Who's the buyer? Um, uh, let's see, the owner of the New York Jets. Yes, and then they started the tablet as a tight end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, probably did. Come better. on now, get your act together. It was so, Hobby Lobby. Oh, I was so certain it was Woody Johnson. The also ran of the craft world, <laughs> Hobby Lobby. What is Hobby Lobby going to do? Well, that's what, Grind it up and sell it? Why is a craft store shelling out so that kind of serious cash on an ancient clay tablet? Do they think, they think, that, do they, think they can use it for like gay conversion therapy? They're going like, to break it into pieces this? and sell, you know. So, okay, let's stop and scratch our chins mm-hmm. and think about this for a while while we take a quick break. All right. Can I rant for a sec? Please. 
Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at KNIX.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, yeah. why did Hobby Lobby buy the Gilgamesh Dream Tablet? Um, because it had some ancient invocation that would make people conservative. No, it. Yeah. They wanted to use it as the stick in a giant lickum stick, 
<laughs> dip it into sugar. Stick it in the powder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. This will hold so much sugar. Totally. That's I it. hated those the things. The end. They tasted like cuneiform tablets. <laughs> right? They're so dry. Totally chalk. Dip this chalk in some in some sugar. Yeah, I would just lick my finger and stick it in the bag. My sister hated it. She's like, you can't do that. I'm like, why? why there are no you, rules to this. Why don't you just lop the top off a bag of sugar and make a kid go face down into it? <laughs> What's the point? Chop up rails. And I- it's like pixie sticks. Why? <laughs> This is such a messed up kids oh, yeah. thing. Pixie sticks are the one of the wildest candies. If you really can you imagine that pitch meeting? What is this? It's a straw full of sugar. But we added color. And kids are all, I'm gonna go pixie sticking. <laughs> and they just nail them down. Yeah. What you gurping on? Pixie sticks, son. It's terrible. Missing teeth. Anywho. Um, so why did they why did they want the tablet? We gotta go a little bit further back about this. Oh, okay. As one often does. Oh, of course. So they we talked a little bit about their business methods earlier. Their, oh yeah, the business practices of like yeah. Uh, there the place is owned by this dude named Steve Green, mm-hmm. and he's a billionaire. Okay, because a lot of people got the hobbies, <laughs> and Steve's also a Southern Baptist. Good for him. And a Leo. Oh, what's his rising side? Um, I'm kidding. I don't really yield. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know Slippery any of that business. <laughs> um, he's really into antiques. Okay. And Good but not just him. any antiques. Mm-hmm. Bible antiques. Ooh, fun! Like right? like crosses for Jesus's crucifixion. Well, uh, yeah, I don't think it's like Catholic uh, oh, right. relics. I forget. But I'm you know, so he's just like that. it's kind of you know it's it's a cool thing. Like that's his that's his whole life, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's he wants to kind of collect. I don't want to say memorabilia, but it's <laughs> like antiques about that, you know, historically, what have you. He's the chairman of the board at the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Is that like a legit thing? Yeah, it's like this huge, it's, the place is gigantic. I think it opened in like 2017 or something like that. Huh. In the first year, they had a million guests. Well, I can see that in this country. Yeah, but I mean, the Museum, yeah. of the, of the Museum of the Bible? Museum of the Bible. And do they have like pieces of like an Aramaic of text and stuff? Got, like what are, I don't even understand. What it's got mostly a lot of Bible stuff in it. <laughs> this is parchment. They let me it. let me read you their mission statement. Okay. Museum of the Bible is a global, innovative educational institution whose purpose is to invite all people to engage with the transformative power of the Bible. Okay. That sounds like a good, you know, it's it's sure. your thing. Go for it. Sounds like a super cool place for Bible fans. Yeah, and I'm go, I'm, I love it for Bible fans. Yeah. What does it have to do with Gilgamesh? I do not know. <laughs> well, see, Gilgamesh, old religious text, right? Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. There are so many elements in Gilgamesh that um, line up with events in the Hebrew Bible. Oh, yeah, like the, like the flood and stuff? The right? flood, Garden of Eden. Um, that proverb, a triple-stranded rope, is not easily broken. Huh, that's from Gilgamesh? Yeah, it appears in both. And, you know, you find this with a lot of texts at that time. You see, like, particularly the flood pops up in a lot of early religious texts. And so, you know, it's an interesting, interesting thing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some stuff in the Ecclesiastes that you see in in Gilgamesh. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. Um, But so the museum doesn't just get down with the Bible. How so? They get down with all things Bible related and Bible adjacent. So like motel, like like those little bedside Gideon, tables. Gideon by <laughs> they have a whole room dedicated to motel bedside <laughs> tables. Just like this is where did a lot ever, of people have found Jesus. Did you ever hear the? There's like the urban legend that people try like 
travelers put a hundred dollar bill in the Gideon Bible, mm-hmm. like pay it forward or mm-hmm. something. I have heard that. And I believe that people do. It sounds like the type of things that those people do. You would ever do you ever flip through when you get to a hotel? Or is that no. just me? The first thing I do is leaf through to see if a honey falls out. <laughs> no, but I used to take the Bible. Like I used to, when I was a kid, I used to always take it. I'm like, mom, it's a free book. And I stole the Bible. You know, she was like, you can't Thou steal the Bible. Thou shalt not steal. <laughs> the Bible. So I thought that was hilarious, stealing the whole thing. Yeah, sure. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting good seating in hell. All right. <laughs> Front row. So, okay. So they have the Bible stuff, Bible adjacent. Okay. They were super stoked to get the Gilgamesh dream tablet Mm -hmm. and put it on display because of the connection, right? Yeah. But it wasn't just Gilgamesh that they were into. So back when Steve Green, the owner, he starts, he gets, he starts realizing how into antiquities he really is. The world opens up to him for that. People find out and they start coming to him with like, all these offerings of ancient Mesopotamian items. So, so he, he just starts getting into anything from that area. Well, uh, you know, you area? make a couple big ticket purchases in that category, and then all these other dealers are like, "Oh, oh we you got like a live that. one." Listen, <laughs> exactly. We got a we got a whale here. Um, so, and a lot of the pieces that were offered to him, uh, we in the biz call it uncertain provenance. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, it's stuff that's like looted during the various Gulf Wars, okay. the assorted Gulf Wars. Some stuff is just fake. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem was that because it was Hobby Lobby and not a museum or a university, they didn't have experts in place and they didn't have practices to establish. The, oh, so they're not know. doing like that white glove handling of the well, artifacts. I mean, I suppose they were, but they just didn't have any like protocols in place to preserve and they didn't have any protocols to like track catalog the, the provenance. And, yeah, yeah and catalog and, and all that sort of thing. So and back in 2010, so remember it was like what, 2014 when they bought the tablet? 2010, Steve and his pal, they go to the United Arab Emirates and they want to take a look at a huge shipment of rare cuneiform tablets. Okay. So they're really excited about this. They walk in to this place. They're just spread all over the floor and stacked up willy-nilly. Hmm. So not, you know, not the white glove treatment you're yeah. talking about. And the Israeli dealers at the meeting said the stuff came from this third dealer who just happened to not be there. <laughs> My <laughs> friend, he's very busy. But yeah, yeah, so like Bob, Bob's selling this stuff. He's he couldn't come. He had to go wash his car, but he wanted us to just help <laughs> and facilitate. Here, yeah, but maybe I don't know. He's got I'm, a big car. I'm authorized to work on his behalf. I've got a proxy. It's cool. Don't worry about. Don't worry about Bob. So, um, Steve Steve Green doesn't care. I'm guessing he doesn't care. Yeah, no. he buys the whole lot, mm. like all the stuff, fifty five hundred pieces. Damn son. Yeah. Right. And these shady dealers, they give Steve and Hobby Lobby provenance statements that said that the artifacts were totally legal, totally cool, <laughs> and acquired from local markets in the 1960s. I have, yeah, that's, I have a couple of those letters myself. Yeah, right? I just keep them around for anything I have. Laminated. Where is that? Only get my letters. <laughs> it came from a local market in the 1960s. <laughs> yeah, don't worry this about it. bag of weed came from... <laughs> Sorry, officer. Um... So no one at Ho- they get this letter right. No one at Hobby Lobby follows up on that to confirm it. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> They're just like, well, that's what the letter says, and you know, because what if I don't know, like anyway. I'd be curious if they went to try to insure the items if the insurance company would, because well, they would do a due diligence. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's interesting. 
So anyway, Hobby Lobby is getting all this conflicting information about the stuff. And they also never met or spoke with the supposed third dealer. (laughs) They're just like, whatever, Bob's in the wind. That's cool. We got the stuff. So Steve arranges for the shipment and all the rest of the stuff to be sent back to the United States. That's in like 2011. Now, I don't know if this is when he was coming back from that UAE trip or not. But let's just pretend it was. Okay, I'm cool with that. Um, in 2010, he got pinched by customs for trying to get back into the country with some undeclared goods. Oh. Panties. Mm. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> it was a million-dollar Bible. Was it written in gold? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> Do you know that Saddam Hussein had a, a Quran made written in his own blood? Oh, wow. I swear, that's a true thing. It was on display for a long time. Now I don't know where it is. But Saddam Hussein had a whole... Do you know how long the Quran is? It took pints and pints of his blood. (laughs) Is that like a fake, though? Like the Thomas Kincaid? No, no, it's real. Like, at least it's it's real. It is well-documented. This is a Mm well-documented story. And and it was on display. I bet you he was draining Uday and Hussein. (laughs) Uday and Hussein's blood. He's like, it's it's Hussein blood. Good enough. Good enough. Close enough for government work. So uh, he's got this million-dollar Bible. He doesn't declare it. Okay. Anyway, aside. That's that's an aside. So these tablets, they're shipped back. And in, in order to avoid customs charges, mm-hmm. the dealers said that the crates contained, quote, handcrafted clay tiles. <laughs> Look, I'm in the um, crafting kinda, business. kind of true. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and they said that each package was worth about 250 bucks. It's like calling the million-dollar Bible a million-dollar self-help book. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it is right? kind of true. <laughs> so customs manages to seize five of the ten packages before they make it to Hobby Lobby headquarters in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Which, like, what does the, the headquarters building look like? Big ball of yarn. Like, a, Yeah, exactly. It's like a novelty building. <laughs> Steve, he's playing it fast and loose. Loving it. Um, he goes up like it's like the tablets, the package gets unpacked. He looks at the tablets. He like draws his pinky finger across it and then rubs the dust on his gums. And he's like, oh, that's good cuneiform. <laughs> that's a good cuneiform. You it's can like, taste good, good. this ain't been cut. Exactly. Uncut, uncut clay tabs. <laughs> Uh, so this law professor who's like has an expertise in cultural heritage mm-hmm. gives them a warning, like puts a red siren on their head and says, this is risky. And that stuff is totes looted. I like this one. Speaks to the truth. Yeah, that's legal. Legalese. Yeah, very good, strong legalese. When you cut through the legalese, totes looted <laughs> means that it was like in all likelihood obtained through illegal measures. Yeah. Um, Green doesn't care. No, he's like, look, I'm a billionaire. Stevie's like, give me that good, lawyer. give me that good clay tab. Uh, he buys another eight thousand pieces in bulk from Iraq. Oh wow, <laughs> two thousand bits at a time, and there's like no paperwork attached to this stuff. <laughs> so this. ship it out to me, man. They got big warehouses for Hobby Lobby. The people selling it to him must have been so excited. Oh <laughs> yeah, here, right? I don't go outside, just grab some rocks, they're just, put them in a box. <laughs> just bags of rocks that they're sent, and they're like carving like a one yeah, exactly just putting, one character it, into it, like a screwdriver and a hammer. They just got a kids knocking. <laughs> we cuts missed into the rocks. window. Get taking advantage of this and Seriously. making some green on it. So. He like the buyers are probably like never even looking at the stuff that they shell out for. They're just so. like, oh yeah, send me more. And um, 
Eventually, Steve has $30 million worth of antiquities on hand. Steve got an antiquity problem. He does. He's like shaking. Yeah, he's, he's like he's scratching himself. When's that new tablet going to come? When's it going, man? He has 40,000 artifacts. 40,000. That's, that's, that's not enough. But enough, only 100 researchers. That's not so great, I guess. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. And who are these researchers? Are they off-duty Hobby Lobby cashiers? <laughs> Those people are pretty crafty with, like, compiling coupons and figuring out, like, what the good deal is. Yeah, sure. And you then know? doing, like, over overtime. Sure, yeah. So it's like a, you know, freelance gig on the side. Steve has really stocked this museum up. This is all for the Museum of the Bible. This isn't just, like, He's... for his bedroom and Hobby Lobby <laughs> headquarters. He's got thousands of undocumented artifacts that he's going to put in a museum. Oh, yeah. And they say, yeah, this is about Bible times and Why stuff, not? man. It's cool. It's cool. It's old. So... The Museum of the Bible has it all. They've got ancient Bible fragments, fragments of Egyptian coffins, pieces of the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, the Gilgamesh Dream Tablet, Mm -hmm. well, a chunk of it, and then tons of other bits and bobs. And some rocks from a rock. (laughs) And some rocks that some dudes sent them and were really really excited about. They're living large. CD-ROMs, microwaves. (laughs) Color TVs. Sega Genesis. It was like Christian Pokemon up in there. Like Steve's the ultimate trainer. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Just running around, getting them all. But like some dingling playing Pokemon Go, which mm-hmm. P.S. I love when kids want to tell me about Pokemon to keep referring to it as Pokemon. It's it, not Pokemon? I, I thought it was, I'm and kidding. I found it wasn't, and then it really sets a kid off. And yeah, totally. nothing, I love nothing more than a really irritated kid yelling at me. My friend's father, uh, he to this day, his online uh, name is Duke Skyjacker, because that's what he used to call Luke Skywalker to drive my friend nuts. Yeah, yeah. the movie you love with Duke Skyjacker. <laughs> that's amazing. So, like, you know, the the Pokemon, Pokemon Go people, they used to, like, stroll into traffic distractedly mm-hmm. on this quest. Oh, yeah, walk off of cliffs. Walking into Bosnian minefields. <laughs> oh, God. You know, this supermarket sweep of ancient treasures took a turn for the worse no. for Steve Green. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's, and- let's pause for a second while advertisers get their two cents in. And when we come back, we're going to look at what happens when the law and revenuers mm. and general ethics catch up with old Steve and the Hobby Lobby crew. It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why GameBridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. GameBridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. What if we told you about a major breakthrough on awesome savings on all-inclusive beach vacays? OMG, this could break the case. Case? I'm talking about CheapCaribbean.com. It's full of hot savings. At CheapCaribbean.com, score an extra $175 off site-wide on vacations of four nights or more now through June 3rd. Swim up bar in Punta Cana or dip your toes in the sand on the shores of Cancun. We gotta take this show on the road. Start at CheapCaribbean.com. All right. So the Museum of the Bible, brimming with artifacts, mm-hmm. chock full. It's like overstuffed. Um, so much clay, <laughs> as far as the eye can see. Um, things start to fall apart in 2017. Well, well, well. If it isn't the consequences of my actions. <laughs> <sighs> Remember those crates seized by customs in 2011? Okay. Mm-hmm. The Department of Justice. Remember, they, you know, they've got those. They file a civil forfeiture case. Okay. And that is United States of America versus approximately 450 ancient cuneiform tablets and approximately 3,000 ancient clay bully. So yes. do you remember that? I totally remember Where that. Where were you when you heard about that? Uh, I, was, I was sitting here making uh, bad jokes about lawyers. There you go. They reached a settlement and Hobby Lobby paid a fine of $3 million. Now don't forget, I mean, they got thirty million in artifacts. So we they just sent him a bag of clay tablets and like, do you take <laughs> like pick out the change. can I pay you in clay tablets or Bitcoin? What's your what Venmo? Yeah. Do you want maybe a bunch of wooden crates filled with some candles? They're like, here are three million doll hairs. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> so that was all. They're paying off their lack of due diligence. Okay. In the acquisitions. So basically, and, it's just like a stupid tax for them. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. Uh, you use that a lot, the stupid tax, the what? idea. Like anytime, I've noticed that you tell me anytime you forget to do something or like you let something lapse and you have to wind up paying yeah, for it. Yeah, the, the stupid tax. It's basically like the amount you're willing to pay or they're forced to pay because you chose to be stupid. Yeah. I do a lot of stupid tax dodging. <laughs> yes, you do. See, you're a stupid tax dodger and I am a stupid tax um, assessor. <laughs> 
So yeah, they paid the stupid tax of $3 million, yeah. $3 million doll hairs. <laughs> um, they also had to be under federal oversight for 18 months. Oh, like the Oakland Police Department. Yes. <laughs> now that you mention it. Yes. Well, it's like if they're, you know, they're on probation, basically, mm-hmm. but not like in the traditional sense. Anywho. So you remember that? You remember the Dead Sea Scrolls? Oh, big fan, actually. I've talked a lot about those with friends. You're huge into I'm those. I'm not even kidding. Like the Gospel of Thomas, where they got that little bit, or the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. Like, and then there's the other bit where they, Mary was Jesus's favorite disciple. He often would kiss her on the, and then there's a hole in the text uh-huh, right where that where word is. Where someone stubbed their cigarette out on. <laughs> Exactly. Like, like, oh, oh no, this. not on my watch, pal. <laughs> Wait, is that so? Is that the where the Gnostic Gospels come from? Uh, the Gnostic Gospels are from the Essenes. The mm. they were like a, a sex. They were like out in the desert around that time. A lot of people have attributed the Dead Sea Scrolls to the Essenes. Okay. So that's where they, they usually they get uh, yeah. conflated it's all, together. You know, in the jasmine of my mind, it all kind yeah. of runs Well, basically, they, they were like a, a really hardcore sect of like proto-hippies out in the desert, and they, everybody thought that they probably wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls. So it was like ancient Burning Man. Basically, just with a little bit more ethics. <laughs> just a smidge. So, Dead Sea Scrolls. Yes. In 2018, the Museum of the Bible had to confess. Five of its 16 Dead Sea Scrolls were dead fake. Hey, that'll get you in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Five out of 16. Five out of 16. And then two years later, March of 2020, an independent art fraud investigator had to break the bad news. Guess what, guys? All 16 of these are bogus. <laughs> I like that there was a chance that they weren't all bogus. Like when we all know. They're like, we looked them over and like, yeah, some of these were written in English. but so There were only five of those. So my bad. I just, you know, it was upside down when I first looked at it. And then, you know, someone comes in and they're like, my bogus meter is off, is off the charts. <laughs> it's just pinging. And they're like. <laughs> I've never seen it act like this. Why is this on Hobby Lobby craft paper? So it turns out it wasn't it wasn't even on papyrus or parchment, right? Mm-hmm. Like they didn't even go into the the stationary parchment aisle at Hobby Lobby and lift <laughs> some of those. This was on Roman era boot leather. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Which like that's a cool artifact. Yeah, that's what I was. Some my Roman reaction boots. was like, you have Roman era boot leather, and you're writing Instead, books on it. Instead, you're like, hold on, let me craft this little tail. Well, and then they find out it's like modern ink, mm. and there was like animal byproduct glue, which wasn't mm. you, you know the whole the whole shebanger. It was a mess. So it's, it's funny all that fake. It's like they were basically buying bad craft projects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, irony. Uh, Hey, do you remember those ancient Bible fragments I referenced? Do I ever? Mm -hmm. The museum bought those from a dude named Professor Dirk Abink. Dirk Abink. I like that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use that name when I check into hotels. Professor Dirk Dirk Abink. Do I have any messages? (laughs) Yes, sir, you do. Uh, one of them is from Oxford. (laughs) Dirk was a professor at Oxford. Oh, weird. You'd think that that's enough, right? That's it. Yeah, I don't know. He was a MacArthur Genius Grant recipient. Wow. I mean, his colleagues respect him, too. Genius was apparently used in the sarcastic way. Like, all right, genius, because this guy, not genius. Oh. He was one of the most celebrated classics professors in the entire world. Uh Also a native of Nebraska. Mm, Good state. So he should know better. Yeah. Um, Straight up thief. He was? Are you calling me that? He was. Oh, thank you. He was genius. <laughs> he stole 11 Bible fragments from the Papyri Project at Oxford. Wow. And that's this collection of literature that they recovered from this 
I don't know, ancient Egyptian garbage dump in 1896. <laughs> they're just like dumpster diving and they're like, oh, check it out. Oh, look, like a bestseller from the back in the day. Fragments of the Bible. Um, so he turns around and he sold these said fragments to Hobby Lobby. He probably got a like, you know, little update from the black market. He's like, oh, everyone's like, yeah, we got a live one. You got to get in on this. He's, He's like, wait, like, I got some stuff. I got some stuff. It's from the Bible. He crossed out the thou shalt not steal part <laughs> and then sold it to Hobby Lobby. I don't know why everyone's all on that one rule. <laughs> hung up on, they're buzz kills. Yeah. Do you remember the Egyptian coffins? Oh, do I ever? I mean, I made a brief reference. Some of the most comfortable coffins I've ever slept in. (laughs) They're so streamlined. Um, It turns out that those were smuggled illegally out of Egypt. Go figure. Wound up at the museum. Years after years of talks, Mm -hmm. Homeland Security and the Egyptian government convinced the museum to surrender some funeral masks. Okay. Pieces of coffins. Right. Portraits of the dead. Hmm. Heads of stone statues. Quite the collection. Manuscripts of Christian prayers written in like Arabic and Coptic. Oh, you got to get them both. Yeah. Got to catch them all. (laughs) And pieces of papyrus. They weren't Roman boots. Okay. Like the legit thing with, uh, again, Coptic and like Greek text on them. So they had to turn that stuff over because it was illegal gains. My papyrus. (laughs) Do you remember the Gilgamesh dream tablet? Oh, do you have to ask? Is it your dream? Uh, so they remember, they buy it in 2014 for $1.7 million. Mm-hmm. Hobby Lobby does. They hand it over to the museum. All that paperwork? Completely. Fake. Yep. So fake. See that one coming. Yeah. And did Hobby Lobby or did the auction house look into this matter and make sure everything was proper? I'm guessing no. Yeah, the answer is no. Yeah. Good job. Two for two. Good job. <laughs> In 2019, the feds took possession of the Dream Tablet. Oh, so now the U.S. government owns the Dream Tablets, like with the Ark of the Covenant in that giant warehouse? The head of Homeland Security wears it on a chain around his or her <laughs> neck as part of the ceremonial duties of like office. Like Flavor Flay's clock? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have to, like, recite Gilgamesh. It's a, it's gotten really complicated. As the agency is developed and grows, these kind of things change in there. <laughs> the traditions occur. So the feds have it. Turns out, yep, it was looted back in 91. Fear not. Early October 2021. Mm -hmm. The tablet was handed over to the Iraqi government at their embassy in Washington. Hmm. And from there, they sent it back to the Iraqi National Museum. Hmm. They're like, hang on to this until the next war? Yeah, until we loot it again. (laughs) (laughs) So... There's this guy, Steve Francis. He's the executive associate director of Homeland Security Investigations. Okay. And when do you think they're going to have a primetime TV show, Homeland Security Investigations? I'm sure CBS is already working on it. Yeah. They're just trying to figure out how to bring into the NCIS family. Or the Chicago grouping (laughs) of shows. I don't know how many. I I haven't watched any of those, but it seems like there are a lot of Chicago Fill in the blank. Yeah, well, you know, they all have cities. They pick them. Like, you know, NBC has New York. CBS has Chicago. So then they've done this traditionally. Like, they go back to these cities over and over again. And Fox has L.A. with the greatest show on television, 911. Hello. Why are we talking about anything other than 911? (laughs) Because. That's just straight (laughs) ridiculous. 
So Steve, Stevie <laughs> Francis, yeah. Don't get me started because then we're going to have to do a very special episode where it'll be like when you're talking to your uh, like a grandma, grandpa who tells you about the TV shows, mm-hmm. their, their stories mm-hmm. that they're watching and they yes. recount plots and you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but go off. They That's going to be me. Yeah, I'm, We're going to do an episode of me just telling everyone what happened in the last two, three episodes of 911. But not really doing an episode recap per se. It's just doing kind of an episode meander. Like, we're just, oh, there was this part. Oh, like, oh, and then also you got to remember. <laughs> yeah, I forget parts and then I have to go back. <laughs> and it's a lot of commentary about Angela Bassett's amazing like side-eye. And sassy, <laughs> driving around all by herself with no part. And I'm look, it's already started. Yeah, I can feel it. All right. The I water is rising. <laughs> My ankles are wet. The, the alarms are ringing. Okay, so Steve Francis, mm-hmm. exec associate direct of Homeland Security <laughs> Investigations. Mm-hmm. I really don't like when people do that, but I just did it. Like, yeah. short and word, whatever. <laughs> Whatevs, as they say. <laughs> So this is what he had to say about the return of the tablet. I'm Hit me read, with it. I'm going to read you a quote. Oh, I love those. I know you do. Stealing a nation's cultural property and antiquities is one of the oldest forms of organized transnational crime. While we recognize cultural property, art, and antiquities are often assigned a dollar value in the marketplace, the meaning of these historical national treasures to the Iraqi people far surpasses any monetary value. We are proud to have helped in their recovery and return so future generations may continue to study and admire them for years to come. That's a very nice sentiment. Yeah. So what's ironic about that last statement is that in the context of this whole thing, in the time... Okay, so if we talk about in the time of Gilgamesh, Mm -hmm. he and his people didn't, like, you know, the actual Gilgamesh or whatever, he and his people didn't really believe in an afterlife, Oh, no heaven or hell for them, huh? Yeah, well, they they figured when you died, you just went underground and ate clay. Oh, like Steve Green, just he, the clay, guy from Hobby Lobby. Yeah, exactly. I was like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Rubbing clay on his lips. No, and... I was like, did he ever get buried? Did he bury himself like in some sort of illusion? Did he did he David Blaine it for a while? Oh yeah, I don't at know. the museum they had no, whatever. <laughs> um, so they they they, they felt that. When you died, you just, there was really nothingness. Mm-hmm. And um, the goal was to get as much as you could get out of life while you were alive. Hmm. Okay. So no great reward, no heaven. Hmm. And that's what actually in the epic bums Gilgamesh out so much. That, you know, when he lost Enkidu, oh, sorry for the spoiler. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> For real? You're just going to spoil the epic of Gilgamesh like I know, that, bro? I know. I'm so sorry. <sighs> that was really lame of me. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I mean, like, maybe give people a little bit of a warning. Heads up. Spoiler alert. alert. Plug yeah. your ears. Earmuffs. Earmuffs. The first book ever. <laughs> <laughs> Gilgamesh loses his best buddy. Okay. Go on. Uh-huh. And he was terrified of that, like, dusty nothingness that his good buddy was enduring. Oh, word. And so he then, the second part, he goes on this quest to find the key to immortality. Oh, right. I remember this. We know that's not possible. Oh, do we? <laughs> that's such a challenge. <laughs> I'm like, what have you been learning in your physics? So, of course, you know, Gilgamesh fails in this quest to find the key to immortality. How many spoiler alerts do you need? <sighs> I'm so sorry. Wow. I mean, I just got, I'm not going to read the book now, I guess. I Go on. Well, I brought a tablet for you to, yeah, to peruse. I know. Oh, Zarin, you had 2,000 years how's, to catch up. How's I'm your like, cuneiform? Whatever. So what, 
Okay, what he does come to realize is that he should stop being this horrible, violent person that he is. Mm -hmm. And that the way he'll be immortal is through his works. So the wonderful things that he creates and the beautiful life and the culture that he gives to others, that's how he's going to live forever. And that's how anyone can like live forever and never be forgotten. Just like the tablet itself. That's neat. I like that. Yeah. I used to deliver a pizza for an uh, Orthodox Jewish pizza place. And I learned <laughs> a lot about uh, the Jewish culture, Jewish home life, and in particular, Jewish faith. And like not just like the holidays, which were cool. Like I love Sukkot. I'm like into some of the stuff. But the thing that I found the most fascinating was the lack of, of any afterlife in the Jewish like uh, metatheology, right? Which mm-hmm. was basically your reward of leading a good life is you lead a good life. Yeah. I just loved that. The I'm life like, itself. Of course, heaven is my reward and heaven is the life I lead. Yeah. I like That's, that. Yeah. Well, I also, this called to mind and I, I can't remember off the top of my head because, you know, I have like memory issues that I think are just me being lazy brained. But aside <laughs> okay. from that, there's that Shakespearean sonnet where he's trying to woo, I imagine that the dark lady his mm-hmm. yeah. his love, his mistress. <clears throat> the sonnet lady. But the essential message of the sonnet, there's a section where he's talking about like, you're going to live forever because I'm going to write about you. <laughs> and I always thought that was the most amazing kind of self-centered thing. Of like, don't worry, baby. <laughs> You'll be, everyone's going to remember you because I'm going to write about <laughs> totally. you. You're welcome. Anyway. It's the most male writer thing ever. <laughs> totally you know what? I'm going to make you worthwhile forever. <laughs> so stealing ancient treasures. We'll come, I'm going to come back around. Mm-hmm. Stealing ancient treasures, like some sort of strip mall Indiana Jones. Totally ridiculous. <laughs> yes, it is. Becoming obsessed with acquiring these rarities without a care for the legality, morality of the process. Ridiculous. And American. Oh, sorry. Go on. But a tablet from Gilgamesh living out its final moral of the story. (laughs) That is ridiculously cool. (laughs) And that is my ridiculous takeaway. Well played. What's yours? My ridiculous takeaway? um, If you're going to get addicted to something that's ancient, make it something like Himalayan salt. It's much easier to get. Hmm, That's good advice. Right? I'm thinking. That's good takeaway. Clear-headed. Well done. No? I like it. (laughs) So... You can find us online. Mm-hmm. You, Zarin, can find us online. Good, because I've been wondering where we are. At Ridiculous Crime on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you have a tip for us about Ridiculous Crime that you want to hear about, you want to tell us about something naughty you've done that's a little bit ridiculous, within bounds, I guess, uh, email us at ridiculouscrime at gmail.com. I am Elizabeth Dutton. Yo, what's up? And you are... Oh, I thought you were going to say it. Oh, my, yeah. I'm Zara Burnett, but don't spread that around. Yeah, shh. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Keep that under your head. Until next time. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett. It is expertly produced and edited by inveterate scrapbooker Dave Couston. Research is by aggressive quilter Marissa Brown. The theme song is by fanciful ribbon collector Thomas Lee and Fimo clay artisan Travis Dutton. Executive producers are speed knitter Ben Bolin and model plane mechanic Noel Brown. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ocean by H10 Hotels. And do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.